on this episode of Monster X Radio. And I had the dogs with me. I didn't like to be down there. And then everything was like deadly silent. And then the, the dogs were like, all of a sudden were not by me or around me at all. They had all ran up above. I think at that time, I just felt like I had to get out of there. And crashing through the trees, I mean, it was just coming at me. I was panicking and, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I yelled for my dog, Layla, and then it stopped. My automatic response was yelling at it. You're not supposed to be there. It, you, you, I could actually feel it inside me. I mean, that's how loud it was. And it immediately wow. put this sense of dread in you and this panic. And my dog ran inside, and I went inside and slammed the door. Oh, there was a bunch of banging on the house. It got real panicky. I didn't look. I didn't want to see. What am I going to do? I need, you know, where's the gun? What am I going to do? Hey everyone, welcome to Monster X Radio. Shane Corson here. Along with me this evening again is my co-host Julia Wrench. Julia, how are you doing? Hey, good. I'm doing great. We are continuing our conversation here with our guest Donna, who's been having a lot of strange activity over the years on her property, even a sighting. And along with Donna is my good friend and fellow Olympic Project member David Ellis. And if you uh, have missed any of our past episodes on this, this is basically a three-parter. I encourage you to go to blogtalkradio.com, check out Monster X Radio. Great series. This is pretty compelling stuff that we're talking about. It's very interesting, and it's been an ongoing research endeavor, uh, something that I'm really excited to talk about and to listen to uh, our guests and the work that David Ellis has been doing on this. And so I encourage you to check it out. But for those of you that have been following us on this journey, we're going to delve right back into it. I'm going to bring on Donna here. Donna, are you there? I am here. We're going to delve right back into it. Now, Donna, we kind of left off going over some audio, but for those that that need to get caught up a little bit here, basically, your house was vacant for four years. You move into this house. You start having, seeing some weird things happen, like a door that was supposed to be closed is open. You start hearing some weird vocals. There's odd activity happening on the property, which eventually you have this sighting uh, down the road, basically, and you, you know, flip your lid. Uh, your husband's wondering what's going on. You're wondering what's going on. You eventually, after doing a lot of research, you, you contact Derek Randalls of the Olympic Project, who in turn comes out, and you guys are talking about audio and vocals, and he goes, you know what? You need to talk to David Ellis. David Ellis gets in contact with you. You guys start doing research, audio recordings. He, you guys are walking around the property. You're finding you know, tracks, interesting things. And then we get into the audio on the past shows. And so we've been going through this process of going through the audio and you describing the scenario, the context behind the audio. And David Ellis has been analyzing, visually analyzing this audio. And it's been a, quite the journey thus far. Where are we at now? I, I know um, you got some interesting things to talk about. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, we 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 I we recorded like you know every night for three years, um, like I've stated before. But some of the stuff that happens um, to us during you know would happen during the day when I wasn't recording, and that stuff you know I wish we had recorded, but you know you just don't know when it's going to happen. A couple of those things, um, and then it'll, I'll bring you back into where we were at in the story. A couple of those things, um, you know, I was down at the side of our house, you know, down a little ways, 
our house was up on a hill, as you know, so it went down and then it had a little clearing area. And we cleared everything off until that clearing area. So I wasn't quite down to that clearing area. And all of a sudden, I heart started hearing this, like, these vowel type of sounds, like the, like the, like the E sound, like E, E, but really loud. And there's so much volume. I mean, like the volume, almost like an opera singer would get, because they, you know, how they can just throw it out there so easily. I mean, I can't describe the volume. And it was so close. Um, right across the ravine, actually, but you couldn't see it. And then it kind of ended off with an A. I mean, it was just like, you're just kind of flabbergasted because you're not sure at first if you're hearing a person yelling or if you're hearing something else. And this is during the day. And our place, um, most people don't live there full time throughout the whole year. And then the ones that do are not there during the day. So we were during the day for the most part um, all the time. So it was really difficult. This was during a weekday. Um, I remember that. And there was nobody around. I wasn't hearing any activity anywhere. So it was just, I was flabbergasted when I heard that. The volume, I cannot describe, except for, I guess now if I look at it um, and try to, it's like the volume of like this opera singer just really belting it out there. And it, it was huge, a huge voice. I can't imagine the chest cavity that would have to be to get that voice out there. And then, you know, another big instance that sticks out in my mind, um, I was down in that little clearing area, and I had the dogs with me, and they were hanging back a little bit, and I was throwing the ball, and one of the dogs didn't go get the ball, and it was close to the edge of where it gets really thick, where you can't even see in uh, of the clearing, and so I walked there to pick up the ball, and as I got closer to that area, and this was about a 2 33 o'clock in the afternoon so it wasn't the time that I would normally get not be outside because I always felt like I had to be out of there for some reason that by a certain time I didn't like to be down there but when I went to get this ball I never quite made it there there's this like right in front of me and I couldn't see that it was like a branch got broken off way up high in the tree and slammed through the rest of the other branches I just like like you took it and hit every single branch coming down that it could, and it wasn't super high, but it was way higher than I could reach or any person could reach, and it and it just slammed right through there, and then everything was like deadly silent, and then the the dogs were like all of a sudden were not by me or around me at all. They had all ran up above, and then I I realized at that point that I actually had a, a baseball cap on which I don't didn't normally wear, and I ripped it off, and the first thing that happened in my automatic response which is almost like you know when somebody scares you and you kind of hit out you know without even thinking my automatic response was yelling at it you're not supposed to be there as I'm quickly getting out of the area and calling David just it was really frightening for me yeah with the when you talked about hearing the almost like the vowel sound Mm -hmm. was that something that you were had been familiar with before was that the first time and last time that you heard that? I hadn't heard that before, and it's the first time and last time I heard it. Wow. So I wasn't familiar with that. I don't, I, in familiar, are you talking about the sounds that was there? Is there some type, I don't know what you're talking about exactly. Was the tone, the the vocals sound familiar to you? Maybe not what was being uh, said, but was the tone familiar? You know, I didn't sound familiar to me. It sounded, um, there was so much volume to it. I know if you're asking if it was that 
that one voice from the whippy wookie right right um i i don't know this was a uh, i don't it to me it didn't i mean it's hard to tell because it's happening and you're shocked you know we we have mm-hmm. the uh, capability mm-hmm. of going back to the recording and saying oh that's the same voice but for me it was the volume was just so loud and in person that i you know thinking about it i think there's a good possibility it was but i don't know i'm not sure one more question from here real quick did you feel threatened or what were your emotions other than you thought you should probably get out of there you know i i certainly was scared um did i feel threatened you know it's interesting i was talking when i called david i sat there and you know we were talking and i was calming down a bit and david mentioned you know it's probably still there. You know, they don't, you know, they can sit for a long time. It's not like when we're, you know, kind of like when we're sitting watching TV, we sit there for hours zoned out. They have nothing else to watch. So it's probably still there. And and I started feeling calmer and not like I was so scared, but I went up to the hill in a way that I could get into the house really fast if I could. And I sat there and I waited and I waited and I waited. And it was about 20 minutes before I saw some type of movement, very brief. And all I can say, it looked like, something like and this is where i say i can't tell you know i've actually seen it twice for sure and once possibly but there was like a brief flash of some type of blackness you know going moving um but i didn't hear anything so that's you know as far as feeling threatened i think at that time i just felt like i had to get out of there the one time i did feel really kind of threatened and just panicking um, one at, well, a couple times, but this next time I'm going to tell you about, um, we actually have the audio for this, and it's a two-part thing. But when I was standing outside, I have, you know, as we all know, David uh, records things, and, and uh, when he sends it back to me, it's always looped five times, right? So there's a recording that is called the horn sound. Um, we've named it the horn sound, um, and evidently it's you know, I didn't know this, but found out, you know, there's other places that have had this type of sound. And Julie, I think you might have recorded at your place, possibly. I did. So when I was playing this outside, and, and don't be playing it back outside, Julie, I was playing <laughs> it at the side of the yard. And all of a sudden, and there's that dirt road, we have a dirt road. And on the other side of the dirt road, there was wood. All of a sudden, from that side, something was coming through there and it sounded like a truck was driving through tons of trees it was like a meg truck as i say and crashing through the trees at super i mean it was just coming at me um really fast and really loud and i was panicking and and i i I didn't know what to do and i yelled for my dog layla and then it stopped you know i'm at the point at my house where the dog's already at the front door but the door is not open and the closest place for me to get in the house is behind me um, to the back part of our house. But I was afraid something might happen to the dogs. And so I ended up uh, splitting it out and, and going around the front, which put me closer to the sound, and then let the dogs in. And I ran upstairs, and I stayed up there for a long time and called David. David seems to be my go-to person because, again, mm-hmm. my husband was traveling. And, and who are you going to call? Seriously, they're going to think you're nuts. Right, but that 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 was my experience with that. That's the time that I just really felt threatened and panicked. Yeah, it's a very. Uh, I'm going to get David on here in a second before I play the the horn vocal. But it's a very interesting vocal, and you're not the only person to have uh, heard this type of vocal. Uh, 
uh, where the the individual hearing it feels intimidated or you know kind of like you know I got to get out of here. Uh, where do I go? Like you said, the only place for you to go was your house. So, uh, David, well, what are your thoughts on the horn vocal? And I know there's a history with this because Donna is not the only one to have heard this nor nor just captured this vocal uh, via recording. Yeah, correct. Um, the first time that I heard it, I actually did record it. I was with uh, another witness and my wife. Uh, we were down in Grays Harbor at a location that I was working, or uh, I say working, but I was studying and, and uh, doing my Bigfoot research there. And uh, I heard what sounded like an air horn. And I'm pretty sure it was an air horn, but then about five seconds later, something attempts to, and I say something because uh, you can see that it doesn't match the air horn. It's not the air horn, but it sounds very, very close to it, except its voice cracks. Um, so I, I know that it was uh, something trying to mimic this air horn, and I sent it to... Um, my go-to person, um, Monongahela, and I said, what the heck is this? Uh, and he said, well, you, you, you probably don't know this, but you have stumbled on something that I've been following like three or four other researchers across the country, and we call it the horn vocal. It has kind of a brassy quality to it, and that's why we call it the horn vocal. And I was I was amazed that somebody had actually recorded this this kind of a uh, call before. Now um, the recording that we're going to play for you, I believe Donna, were you not on the deck uh, when this actually uh, bellowed out? Yeah, I was, and so it was. I was on the deck. I was hearing some noises. So I had walked out on the deck, and the dogs, our dogs, were right there. They, our dogs were not barking but they were facing the deck and it sounded like a dog was barking by the fence line sort of like it was a hard it was it was kind of a bark but not a bark and then it was there was a the neighbor's dog was barking and i'm like what is going on is there another dog in the neighborhood do they have somebody over is it over closer towards us because their dogs can't get out towards us and this thing was someplace in between but not exactly super close and I, I was wondering what was going on, and then you can, um, you know, somebody, the the neighbor guy kind of was calling for his dog, you can hear in the distance. And then all of a sudden, this, I mean, lots of things were going on all at once. And all of a sudden, this horn sound, and it was so loud, and so, it, you, I could actually feel it inside me. I mean, that's how loud it was. And it immediately wow. put this sense of dread in you, and this panic. And my dogs ran inside, and I went inside and slammed the door. And I was like, actually, I, you know, my dogs were kind of, you know, running around. They were panicked too. And I'm like, and I yell, "Be quiet!" And you can actually hear that on the, on the, on the thing. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I need, you know, where's the gun? What am I going to do? Because it was, it was, the volume of it is, is when something is so loud, you can actually feel it. It's, it's an incredible volume. I mean, and it was. Oh, I, I don't know how to describe it. Again, I keep saying I don't know how to describe it, and that's because I've never experienced or heard some of these things anywhere else I've ever been. Any other animal I've ever come in contact with, whether it be in the jungle, whether it be in the woods, 
whether it be over in Southeast Asia, I've never come in contact with these sounds before. So uh, the recording that we have of it uh, doesn't have all the uh, the peripheral things that Donna was describing, but in the original recording it does. And and I I heard all of that and can confirm that there was quite a bit of confusion, and you could hear Donna <laughs> inside the house. Um, is, you weren't very happy about this particular vocalization. No, I'm not one to panic, as you know. But no. when I get when I get that way, when I get where I'm about ready to panic, I get very stern, and and that's what was happening. Yeah, when you feel a vocal, uh, it changes you. Uh, it's a whole. It's it's not just you're not just hearing it, but when you feel something, <laughs> it, it it's usually yeah. it's a bit of a life changer. <laughs> oh so, yeah, uh, as as if yeah. seeing it wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> right. You know that was really loud. That was not only really loud, but uh, it reverberated through my body, and now I'm freaked out. So I'm going to go ahead and play this horn vocal. It's uh, uh, 11 seconds long and looped, so here we go. I'm, you know what? I'm going to play it one more time. <laughs> Okay, were they filming Jurassic Park 10 out there? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds very familiar, and that sounds a lot like what David pulled out of some of my audio that he sent me and, you know, explained to me what the horn thing was, and that's just amazing how close those two sound. Jeez, that's giving me goosebumps right there. This is the first vocalization that I actually had to trim the volume on. So it didn't distort. So it was uh, pretty darn loud. Thing is, you know, just listening to that, and I haven't, you know, I, I, well, I have looked at it visually, but just listening to that, I can see how if that was close in live, how you could feel that. I, I could just, I, I can picture it, just how it would just reverberate through your whole freaking body. <laughs> so I get it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was probably the most scared I've ever been, and I've actually come really close to a grizzly bear out in the woods on my own, and. I was more scared of that vocal than I was of that grizzly bear. Yeah, you can well, feel that. So, I mean, this, this, like David was saying, this has been recorded from around the country by different researchers. Uh, and Julie Ranch now has got a similar recording and it's got similar, a lot of similarities going on in her area. So you have this horn vocal. Yeah, I, I think the next uh, thing up that we want to play for you guys is uh, something that sounded very much like some of the, one of the vocalizations that Ron Moorhead captured in the Sierra sounds. When we heard this, we both, Donna and I, thought, wow, that's very close to what Ron has recorded. And I said, you know what? I'm going to send it to Ron. And so what I did was I clipped his one that it's very close to, sounds very similar to what we recorded. And then I attached what I recorded and did the, you know, the loop five times and sent it to him and told him that that's what I did. But but he didn't connect the part that I had put in what we recorded. 
and he he's he wrote back and said, "Well, that's my recording." And I and I wrote him back and I said, "I know, Ron, but the second part of that isn't your recording." And he goes, "You're kidding." And so I hope maybe you'll hear the similarities. Um, maybe not, but we think it sounds uh, very similar to something that Ron recorded. I will uh, go ahead and play that. It's five seconds long, so I'm going to play it twice. I'm going to play twice. Now, having listened to Ron Moorhead's recordings, uh, I, I can't even tell you how many times. I, I see a lot of similarity there. Where, whereabouts, in what direction on that property, or whereabouts was this particular piece recorded? Again, everything that I record, every I do the same thing, and I, it sounds boring, and it's a boring answer, but every night at dusk, I would put out the recorder and set it and just leave it all night. And so that sound, you can't tell what the type of recorder that I have and what direction it's coming from, um, but that sound was close enough to the recorder that it picked it up. Right, and, and it's pretty clear. And the recorder... Yeah, the recorder's out the back, by the way, just so people know. It's, it's all, our back deck that goes out the back, which is facing down towards the woods. Yeah, down down the hill towards the woods. I've been there, so I know where you're right. talking about, but down the hill towards the woods. David, you know, there's not a whole – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Sierra-like sounds uh, – there's not a whole bunch of uh, recordings that are similar to the Sierra sounds. This is pretty unique, is it not? Um. Well, it is, and it's also unique for this location. We only recorded something like this once that I that I could see in the recordings. So um, I, I I don't know what to say. Um, it, you know, I guess we got lucky, um, but it, uh, it certainly wasn't something that was repeated. So I guess we're just lucky to have captured it the one time. I would say so, and you know what it. There's a possibility of getting more of uh, this type of recording, especially specifically around Donna's property, possibly down the road. We'll see, oh. I guess. But uh, yeah, oh, I yeah. think I think. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Future, um, we'll be talking. We'll be talking. Having said that, we're gonna get into some of the audio uh, that I would say is most common. Uh, people get wood knocks, and and uh, now I'm not saying these are common recordings, uh, but. A lot of people are familiar with wood knocks and rock clanking and, and whatnot. Given the property, given uh, the recordings and, and how many times you have heard this stuff and recorded it, I mean, for me, if I was on an outside looking in as a guest to the show, I'm starting to see a picture here. I'm starting to you know, see, see how this, this painting's turning out. The next audio piece up is called Loud Wood Knock. Uh, David, could you uh, or Donna fill us in a little bit on this particular mm -hmm. recording? Uh, I would like to just expand just a little bit on this. There was a plethora of percussive sounds that were recorded. Um, just, I mean, wood knocks, yes. I mean, more wood knocks than we can shake a stick at. Um, and sometimes there were rock knocks. And then sometimes there was a um, an, something I called drumming, uh, where a, a a pattern, a, a drumming pattern would be, um, would be, uh, could be heard and recorded. So uh, 
it just seemed like that that it was um, something that was probably the most common, more common than vocalizations. And uh, the examples that we have are some of probably the most clear because you could hear sometimes that they were very faint far away. Sometimes they would hit um, hardwood trees. We have a, a tree called a madrona tree mm-hmm. that's a hardwood. Yeah, and uh, sometimes uh, they would strike that and make a very clear, loud sound. So the first sound um, is just a very, um, it's almost a power strike, um, this loud wood knock. So do you want to play that? Let me go ahead here. It's about eight seconds, and here we go. And, of course, this is looped, so something wasn't smacking a tree, you know, multiple times. Yeah. It was looped there. Yeah, some, so just to clarify, I want to make yeah. sure we clarify that it's looped. Um, but that, that to yeah, me, that sounds was, like a solid, a solid one. strike. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a madrona tree. Yeah, there's a madrona tree that's just right down at the end of the, you know, as you're going down the uh, down the back of the prop. I'm sure you've seen it, too, um, Shane, um, yeah, on the yeah. right-hand side. And it's so loud and so clear, I mean, and the way it's reverberating. And what we got used to doing is you could tell when it was something was deeper in the woods because it sounds a little bit different than something that's actually being hit on in our, on our property where it's a little bit clearer. But I believe, and what I personally think, I, of course, we don't have any proof of this, I think it was pounding on that tree right there at that time. It was just so loud and so clear. And it's obviously a hard tree. Going through some notes here. Uh, given uh, we're going to play a bunch more of these knocks and whatnot, and we're going to get to some drumming and stuff, but these, a lot of these knocks occurred at certain times of day or when certain things were uh, occurring, uh, you know, look at some of my notes that you had shared with me, you know, heard three in the middle of the day uh, when a car would pass by or up a hill, when you'd walk outside or you'd walk inside. Uh, can you talk right. a little bit about that? Certainly. Yes, certainly. So when when we got there and, and before David came on board and stuff, we'd hear knocks and stuff and never, you know, we just thought, we, we just didn't pay attention. I mean, it wasn't on the radar. You know, afterwards and, you know, with the recordings, we got a little bit more familiar. And, and once you're recording enough, you can see patterns and so forth. So when we would notice we would hear a knock, if some car started driving up the, um, driving up, you know, the dirt road up the hill. And you'd hear a knock if somebody was driving down the dirt road to a hill. When I would walk outside, I would hear a knock at times. And then we have recordings where somebody walks inside, like Greg comes in off the deck or something, and then you'll hear a knock after he's gone inside. So, you know, say what you will, but it seems to be, I think it's a form of communication, and they were letting things people know and so forth. And there had to have been others that they were letting know where things were at. Three-knock thing actually happened during the day, and we would hear this stuff during the day too. But I heard a knock during the day. I was outside. It was the fall time, and I was raking leaves. And it was, again, you know, things had been cleared out by then, and I was in an area that I felt comfortable at. But I heard a knock and didn't really pay attention. Then I heard a second knock, and I stopped. And then I heard another knock, and it came from the, where the original knock came from. I heard another knock uh, down below where the second one had came from. And then I had the stick of the handle from the rake, and I had a stump there from where we had cut down a tree so it wasn't so crowded there. And I hit it on the tree stump, and it was a lot louder than I thought it would be. 
Um, and so I did a knock. And then there was a pause, and then there was a knock from where the original one went, a knock where the second one went, and then there was a third knock clear across the ravine and on the other side of the road that happened. And then I tried to, to knock again, and everything was silent. There was nothing else going on. Um, that night, um, I was upstairs, and Greg was gone, and I was talking to him on the phone like we do when he's gone, you know, for work and so forth. And I was upstairs, like I usually was, uh, you know, after dark. And all of a sudden, right there at the corner of the house where I was at, there was a bunch of banging on the house. And uh, we actually have that recording, and I got real panicky. I didn't look. I didn't want to see. I mean, that's, you know, some people say, oh, did you go look outside and stuff and see what it was? I'm like, no. I, I, I actually, I, I didn't want to see. I've seen one. I, I wasn't at that point where I'd want to see another one. And then... um that was actually recorded, and that's one of the drumming, what uh, David calls drumming sounds. So it wasn't actually yeah. a slap on the house. It was a bu- bunch of banging on the house. Uh, I got stories about that, too, but that's coming up here. David, real quick, before I play this next clip, what uh, Donnie is talking about here and describing, it's very familiar territory. Uh, it's something that over the yeah. years I've come to appreciate, uh, especially knocks, uh, when these particular knocks happen when you're coming into an area and when you leave we've had many a conversation about this what's your input on on what uh, donna is describing and what was happening with her wasn't the first time i've heard this kind of scenario and i had actually uh recorded um myself i've had put a recorder in a in a in a specific area this is another study area that i was working and drove off and went to another location and when I came back, just prior to being able to hear my car, I heard a knock, and that kind of light bulb kind of went off. I'm being announced. And uh, there was numerous times in this one particular area that we would go that if they were there or we, um, we suspected they were there because we would hear a wood knock as we got out of the car. And then we would also hear another wood knock as we were getting back in the car to leave. So, I, I you know, one can speculate, but I can I can really easily see that um, a term that I used uh, could apply that sentries were posted to uh, uh, alert others because uh, not only would I hear at sometimes a knock that was close to me, but I would hear a response that was much further away. So that that led me to conclude that something was in an area as you walked into um, the location that was uh, posted to, to let the others know that, that something's going on, something's coming in into the area. Right. So there's a definitely a possibility that there's some form of communication going on with Knox. And I and I recorded this also, um, Donna had mentioned earlier, about cars going up and down the road. Uh, there's a specific sound that Greg's car, I mean, it became a familiar sound to me. I could hear when Greg got home, but I could hear him coming up the road. And there were times where I would hear a knock and then I, I could hear Greg's car. And then when Greg got out of the car, closed, closed the door, walked into the house, closed the door, a knock. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, yeah, it's very much uh, you get a sense of, like Donna said, that they're they're communicating uh, stealthily about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we've talked about this at length over the years, and I'm in I'm in agreement. There's it, it, there's more to it than just something hitting a tree. There's thought put behind it, and, and it means probably some sort of communication. <laughs> But having said that, uh, let's play Woodknock, uh, labeled Woodknock Best Response, about 10 seconds here, and of course looped. That one's tremendous to me. That's wow. tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like somebody hit it out of the park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, David would call those uh, power knocks. When he'd hear right. those, he'd call those power knocks. That's not a woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Well, unless it's, you know, eight feet tall, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that's no ordinary <laughs> woodpecker. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, well, we the next up in line here, we have voice and knock. Yeah, that's kind of an important um, aspect where you've got two things going on now instead of just the, the wood knock. And that's another thing that I had noted that sometimes, not always, but sometimes there would be a vocalization, either a whoop and a knock or a short scream and a knock. But um, it's not uncommon to have a voice and a knock. And I get a big smile on my face when I have that, because now you got two things that are interesting <laughs> rather than right. just the knock. Well, I will play that. It's about 17 seconds here, and here we go. All right, let me ask you a question here. I just for me personally, I almost get a little bit of that horn uh, in there, you know, that horn vocal a little bit maybe. Maybe I'm way off, but I hear the knock, but there's almost that horn uh, something in there as well, maybe. Yeah, it's got a little brassy, nasally thing kind of going on. It's like it's yeah. part of that their speech or dialect. Yeah. Yeah, that's intriguing. I, I really actually I really enjoy that one. That's uh I, I, it's very similar to some recordings I've heard in the past, but with yeah. that in mind, with what you just said, can you play that one more time so I can pick up on on what you said? Yeah, yeah hold on one second here. Here we go. Cool. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's it's a another great recording uh, capture. Now we're gonna get into possible rock knock, and I I like these because I've experienced uh, what I call rock clanking and whatnot, and there's some good ones here. This one's about 10 seconds long. Possible rock knock that was uh, captured on on Don's property. Yeah, and that sure as heck sounds like a rock clanking or rock yeah. knock or something like that, yeah. Okay, and moving on. Sounds like rock on wood labeled. Here we go. Six seconds. Here we go. 
see, moving on. Okay, you know what? We're about to get into the drumming, and I think this is some of the cool for me. The drumming stuff <laughs> on honest property is like mind blowing, um, and and I think uh, it needs a little conversation here. Well, you know, you know, most of these sounds, all the drumming sounds, of course, happen, you know, at night, um, and we'd go through, and and David would pick it up, I'd pick it up, we'd discuss things thoroughly. What what could it be? You know, what's on the property that can make that sound? And it's pretty easy to tell because I hear it in person when they did it on the house. The other ones actually took a lot of research and and trying to figure it out, you know. So it, it meant that I was going around and banging on things around the house to see if it sounded like any of the stuff that was being drummed on. And we have this, and I don't know why it took so long for us to figure it out, but it did. We have this, you know, the the septic systems that people have septic systems out in the country. They have the round uh, green top that goes on it. Um, yeah, I got we one. We have one of those. Yeah, see, we have one of those, and it sticks up from the ground for probably about three, four inches, and maybe even higher in places because it's on a hill. So one time, and you know, we've been trying to figure out for a long time, and it's down the hill a little ways. I just took a stick and I was banging on it, and I just I just fell over because that they were drumming on. They were actually had their own personal drum there. They were drumming on at least part of it. And then another thing that we found out was that they had them in close to the house, like right up next to the house. And some of the sounds came around that sounded like they were actually um, hitting or drumming on our um, gas tanks, you know, for our oh, natural geez. gas tanks right there. Yeah. Um, and then we'd find stuff. I mean, the drumming happened to a lot of things. I mean, they would use a lot of different things the fence or not the fence the the gate we'd hear that quite a bit like they'd be pounding on the the metal gate that we have there that you know because we have a private so it's private so we close the gate and so forth just a lot of different things i'm very familiar with like the drumming on a building sort of scenario because you know our our hub our base camp up in the olympics it's been reported multiple times that you know the two o'clock in the morning something will come up and go you know and then take off the the drumming utilizing Stuff on the property was kind of new to me, and, but you know when I heard uh, some of these recordings that you had shared with me and, and David had shared with me, you know I'm, I'm outside my house drumming on my sewer cap, and my wife's looking at me going, "What are you doing?" And I'm, I'm just I'm trying to hear this. I'm like, "Yeah, it's so it's the same noise." I mean, I could hear it. It was exactly the same noise. I'm like, "Wow, very uh, interesting there, uh, David." The drumming stuff. Um, you've got a lot of recordings, not just from Donna, but uh, it's something that you've uh, I know over the years have been keyed in on and what are your thoughts on the drumming well boy it's um <laughs> i don't know if it's boredom or they just like a rhythm sound it's very very interesting i just um i love it when when you get a, a drumming sound yeah and donna like you said is not the first uh person that we've recorded this i, I just about every place that i've done any kind of recording eventually i'll pick this up so it seems to be in their repertoire of things that they do. Um, I think the first one that you're going to play here is where it took us a long time to figure it out. But like Donna said, uh, she figured out it was the septic lid. And I think uh, it'll become real apparent when you, when you hear this. The second one that you'll play is uh, where Donna had said that they were hitting. Is it propane, Donna, that you have? Or is it... Um, uh, natural gas, but you have two very large tanks 
um, right. regardless. And uh, it took us a while to figure out what the metal was. And then, you know, it's a duh. It has to be this. And then the third one that you're going to play, I have no clue how this could, how we could have possibly recorded this. There is, <laughs> there is, um, I don't know. I'll just I'll let people hear it. And then uh, I, I was stunned when I heard this. So um, those are the, the, the three that we'll hear. All right. So we're going to play the drumming. We're going to start with the drumming and go from there. Hold on one second. About 38 seconds long, so here we go. Okay, I know that probably sounds a little bit low on some people's end, but that's as loud as I could get it in the studio. But I guess it's still <laughs> so dang interesting. And like I said, I, I tried it out on my uh, Stewart caplet, and it's uh, the same dang thing. <laughs> so very cool. Uh, we're going to drumming sound on metal. Uh, we're just talking about the propane or natural gas, and here we go, 14 seconds long. <laughs> And of course, these are looped. So I'll just let people know once again, if you're just jumping in, it, these are looped. Here we go. And this is the one, David, that you 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 just don't have any idea. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. No, <laughs> I, I, it, I, <laughs> I call it John John Bonham reprise because it, uh, of Led, the drummer for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <No. laughs> I I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. So here we go. 15 seconds long. Here we go. That that is just such a cool recording, you know. Uh, you know, maybe we got a Sasquatch band out there in the woods playing because that's, that, I mean, that's just awesome. <laughs> well, there was definitely rhythm there. It was no, I, I and after we had heard that, I started going around and I started doing that um, shaving a hair knock sound, hoping to hear that sometime. But I never, we never did. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder if in their travels somebody isn't a drummer and they sit down and they listen. And they pick something up. <laughs> it's that good. It is that good. I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> okay. We're about to get into uh, what I call, we're almost at the end of the rabbit hole here. But, well, it, I think it's going to continue. But as far as, as the show's concerned <laughs> and some of the audio shared, we're going to get into some, I would call it the creepier stuff. Some stuff that deals with a doll. And uh, David or Donna, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going there. Do we want to do the doll or the peanut butter jar? Uh, we can do the doll since we can do the doll since we started that one. That's fine with me. So I was I was at that Q, QFC store, and mm -hmm. you know, David and I had gone back, and he's talking about the peanut butter story because 
and I'll, I'll quickly say, do this one, and because you do have pictures of that on, looping through, I noticed, um, and maybe you, you might have yeah. the other one where they changed it. So I'll give you that story first very quickly, which kind of leads into this other one. You know, David David sat there, and, and he never pushed anything or anything like that. Um, you know, he talked about gifting, but, you know, we talked it probably wasn't a good idea. It's kind of like feeding the animals. If something's not there, you know, they could get more aggressive or something. And so, but... One time, just out of, I don't know, I just, I just did it, you know, because you, you never expect anything, you know, and things are <laughs> happening, but you don't expect anything to happen. So I put some rocks down, I, I, and I stacked them up. It was like three rocks and three rocks, a space, and then a, a jar of peanut butter that was not open, right? The very next morning when I went down to check, and when I say morning, you know, I didn't go down there until well after daylight and, and probably almost close to noon. I went down there to check if I did it in that clearing area. It was like, I can't remember if it was three rocks and two rocks or two rocks and one rock. I can't remember how that went. I'd have to, to take a look again. But one of the rocks was placed in the exact, very exact same spot that the peanut butter jar was. And it was, the peanut butter jar has never been found. It was just right there. I mean, the exact same spot, like, you couldn't get any more exact from that. It was, it was the craziest thing. And that's one yeah. of the things that, you know, as an experience, it just kind of blows you away. I mean, it's it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, they, they're smart. <laughs> they're smart. Yeah. So when I was at QFC, and this had been a time, quite a bit of time after that instance, I was at QFC and, and wandering around, and I saw this doll, and it was fairly cheap. But you push the doll's belly, belly, and you had to – it was like a, um, a a little square thing. You actually had to push it in you know, the belly button area in, um, and you, and it would sing a song. And so I bought that doll and took it out of the box and took it down to that area where I had put the peanut butter jar and was messing with it and, you know, playing around with it and so forth. And um, then I left it down there and I left it sitting there. And, you know, I left it and there for a long time. Me. And yeah, because I, I, this wasn't, you know, um, and at that point, David and I were talking every day because, you know, recordings going back and forth and stuff and a lot of things were going on. It just didn't come up. And so I just left it down there and I never thought anything was happening with it. Never. It didn't seem to move. Nothing really. And then David found this. You want to tell him the rest, David? Yeah. So, like I said, uh, may not have heard it because I kind of talked over Donna, but uh she didn't tell me that she had purchased this doll and she didn't tell me she had purchased a talking doll. So I'm reviewing this audio and it's about nine o'clock at night on the, on the, as far as the, the audio that I'm reviewing, it's about that time of night and it's a Sunday. And this becomes important because of what I'm about to say is that I hear this childlike voice in a singy songy uh, sound that's kind of odd, but, but all the other, you know, vocalizations that we've been hearing have been kind of odd too. So, but I thought, wow, that's really, really strange and noted the time at nine o'clock. And then about an hour later, I hear the same vocalization, same sing songy kind of a thing. Um, couldn't put my hand on it, couldn't understand it. You know, you could hear it singing or belting out this, this, um, whatever it was that it was saying. 
so it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, what in the world are these, you know, what parent would have their kids out at 10 o'clock at night on a, you know, the next day is a school night, made no sense to me. And then uh, I get to the end of the audio, and it's now about 6 o'clock in the morning, and I hear it again. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is really strange. So I called Donna up um, that morning, and I said, you know, I picked up something very, very strange last night, and it's not making any sense to me. And going through the descriptions, I hear Donna go on the other end, oh, I know what that is. And I said, well, please tell me. She says, I purchased a talking doll. But I didn't think anything of it, Donna said, because it never looked like it had been moved. Well, obviously something had picked it up and uh, pushed the button to engage it to speak, and it did it three times. It did it at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, and at 6 o'clock in the morning. And put it back exactly the way it had found it so that Donna wouldn't know that it had been moved. Whoa. Scary. Super creepy. New one for me. Go ahead, David. Well, if you think about it, it almost has to have been a scenario where, like Donna said, that she had, was playing around with it, that Donna was being observed, and whatever observed that saw Donna push that button. Yeah, and it's a, it's a button that you actually – you can't just push it and with the doll sitting up and it stay where it's at. You actually have to pick it up, and you have to put enough pressure on it. You have to be holding that doll or pushing against something. Because it's a, it's, it's a, you have to actually push it in. So it's nothing that you can squeeze the hand or the feet or anything else like that. It's a button that you have to push in. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Anticipation. Let's let's go ahead and play this. This is looped five times. It's uh, 44 seconds long. Here we go. Yeah, if I heard that in the woods, uh, that'd be some creepy stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and then six o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> and I know, I know roughly, roughly where that doll was at, and uh, I'll tell you, holy smokes. <laughs> well, how far away is that from your house? From the actual house, Jane? You know yeah. where it was at? How? I'm, I'm not good at distance-wise? I'd say 120 feet, 125 yeah, feet, it, somewhere in that yeah. range. Yeah, somewhere with that 100, 100, between 120 and 130. I mean, it's not that far away, really. No, it, it's, that isn't. Barely close, so, uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to get into uh, the second part of it uh, here. It's also looped. It's about uh, just under 40 seconds here. Creep factor number two. Here we go.
And, and we're going to play this one next. We'll just roll right into it. This was at 6.03 a.m. once again, and Baby Doll pressed. Make it stop. Make it stop. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, if there was a Sasquatch that pressed on it, finally, like, you know, hey, how do I shut this thing off? <laughs> I didn't expect all this to keep going. It's, uh, yeah, probably a trip. But, man, I tell you, I tell you what, well, here's the thing. The audio is so impressive, but I'll tell you what, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of, sweat blood and everything else that you guys have poured into collecting this audio after having all these other strange events on this property in the surrounding area you know and i've done my research too on this area it's actually got a lengthy history of sasquatch reports david what are your thoughts on that i mean because you know the area really well and i know you you've cataloged and documented sighting reports and, and other vocalizations around this area you know, where is your mind when it comes to Donna's property and 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 this? Is there is this you really really unique, or is it just because you guys are documenting it? Well, um, I think it's a little of both. Um, I think that it that it is unique. Um, I think that there is a reason that they are there, and I I believe it revolves around the natural water uh, spring source that uh, runs through Donna's property. And uh, like she said on the the one that she saw, um, there's a culvert right there as that natural spring goes across the road. My guess is that it had got a drink and was headed back just at the same time that Donna and Greg were coming up the road. Um, You know that that ravine, Shane, we've been traveled that ravine and uh, it connects with that particular source. And we're talking about verticality. This is such steep terrain that mm-hmm. it would take um, you an hour to get from point A to point B to get to their, their property. And we're talking, what, nine-tenths of a mile, Donna? Yeah. But if you were That's to try right. to go up, the, up that ravine, it would take you that long to get there. Uh, obviously, it doesn't take um, – you know, a Sasquatch that long to do that. But um, I think that the terrain is part of the, 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 the reasoning is just so darn steep that, you know, th- that there is some comfort in knowing that people just aren't going to go in there. There seems there, to there's be. Other food sor- there, yeah, there's other food sources there too. I mean, the, um, the huckleberries are yeah, real thick there. Yeah. Apple orchard. Yep. yep. Apple yep. orchard. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, and you, plus un- ungulates. Plus, uh, you've got bear and and uh, and other, you know, bobcat. You've got other things that come through there. So mountain lion. There's a mountain uh, lion that goes through there. So it's uh, even though it 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 seems like it, uh, you know, you're yes, you're in the country, but you're also very close to civilization. And there's been quite a few 
scenarios that that I, I see like that that I've uh, worked. So I'm not too concerned that you know that there are people around. They work around them. They have uh, plenty of opportunity to stay hidden. And uh, Donna's seen them, you know, very very few times, but has seen them. So uh, we know they're in the area. Can we ascribe some of the things? That we've recorded to them, maybe, um, but uh, we, you know, it's always a cautionary note. We we uh, can't really claim one thing or another. It's just darned interesting. And yeah. um, <laughs> as as far as anybody with this kind of a, a backlog of information and recordings, uh, you know, I've got probably 500 clips. So we're just hitting the, you know, the tip of the iceberg and not necessarily even some of the better stuff that we've got. So, you know, we, we just threw a few things together uh, to kind of pique interest. Uh, more will be revealed as time goes on. Um, I, I believe Donna is ready to, to, to let it rip, let everybody know right. what's going on. I'm really glad that you you pointed out, David. Uh, I don't want people to think that oh, you know. I mean, and as compelling and as interesting it is, there's even more audio, uh, even some more compelling pieces of audio uh, that will be uh, shared down the road. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, I I have I've spent the night out there uh, on a few occasions, but one time I did spend the night out there in my uh, in my tent at the edge of the property where I thought it'd be my best ball was at the edge of the property and. Uh, it was a I'll tell you what it was a weird experience. Overall it was a really weird experience. Uh stuff moving around and uh some odd vocals and 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 then I believe it was the same night and I I can't remember and and, and if I'm wrong David point me out but I think it was the same night that you got that audio recording of something uh, like a rock hitting the deck and then skipping across. Am I um, am I right? I'm not sure. I I'm not sure if that was the night. I think that that recording had been done earlier but that's not to say that that couldn't have happened again there have been projectiles thrown that we have recorded well i mean i had something uh fairly large moving around not it around my tent i shouldn't say it but in in the bush line and i got out of my tent and tried to flare but it was so thick and it was a wet night too so it was it was difficult yeah. but i mean it was uh there was something rather large moving around in, in some odd vocals uh, that I, I couldn't explain, and I, I got the impression that, uh, yeah, something was kind of encircling my encampment. And But it's not the first time I spent the night there. That was just the first time I actually spent the night in a tent on the property. Usually I stay around the house. Donna, I kind of cut you off. I knew you were going to go talk about something. Go ahead, I'm, if I uh, if you can remember. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it, it did. You know, the, all these recordings, you know, they, they, they everything starts adding up for me um, personally. And, and um you know, it got to the be to the point for me personally. You know, I know a lot of people are are the researchers. You know, I I didn't come into this as a researcher, as you know. Um, I've since kind of been researching, and David's been so kind and so generous with him teaching me what he knows. And so I I love being able to hear other people's um, sounds, like Julie's and so forth. And then <clears throat> I'm I'm discovering too. You know, we, we talked about is this you know is this unique? Is this not? I personally believe there's other people out there experiencing similar situations and could be too afraid to tell or, or don't know who to contact or, you know, I just was blessed enough that, to get a hold of the Olympic Project and they've been so great. All of you guys have, and you have too, Shane. 
but for me personally, um, being a researcher and living on a piece of property that has this going on is two totally different things. It's, I got to the point where I couldn't be comfortable at my own place. I couldn't go outside without being on edge. I, I stopped venturing anywhere if it was going to be dark and I would have to come home. I just wouldn't leave. Um, and that never stopped, you know, through all those years. I never, you know, I, I couldn't uh, walk out at night. I couldn't walk down the road and hike back up and down like I was doing when I first moved there. It just changed my whole life. And it changed it not for the better for me. Um, I was very, very anxious a lot. So Greg and I made the decision that we would move. Um, we still have the place. In fact, we were just there last weekend um, doing some work on it. But it's not a place that I can live at anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, and... You know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, David said something, uh, and, and, and for those of you who haven't heard this quote, it's, it's, and I won't quote David, but it's interesting. He said this on a past episode uh, earlier on. Uh, he said, you know, Donna, I can, I can record and do my stuff here, and I can leave. You cannot. And I, that stuck right. with me because David had told me that before, and I was like, wow, that's so accurate. You're mm -hmm. right. You have to live with this. David can come and go as he pleases. You know, but you have, that's your property, you had to live there. But eventually, you did pick up and leave, even though you still have this property. And, and I know I'm, I'm excited because I want to get back out there. But I know that it's difficult for you to, well, you don't live there anymore. And that's, I mean, I don't think uh, people, I mean, I would hope somebody can comprehend. I mean, I couldn't imagine, I'll tell you this. I, I just moved up to Washington about a year ago. I'm in my house now. I couldn't imagine because of some some activity like this or some going on, having to relocate, uh, and I know you love that house, you love the property, you love the area. I couldn't I love my house. I couldn't imagine doing that because of this sort of scenario. It's mind-boggling to me. But you did it. Yeah, I mean, it came to the point where it came to the point where I had to for myself personally, and and Greg understood, and you know, Greg doesn't like to see me, and Greg understood because he had to travel all the time and so I was there for the most part by myself and Greg had his own experiences it wasn't like it just happened to me I mean and we've got recordings of Greg's experiences too but it just it wasn't stopping I mean it would there were times of the year where it would you know die down a bit and then pick up again you know you'd have a week or two but you never knew you know we never could like gear down on a pattern we kind of thought we could but then about the time you thought you could it would gear back up. So you just never knew. And and to live like that day in and day out for years is just not a healthy situation. At least it wasn't for me personally. Yeah. So we made the really hard decision. And we and you've been to that house. It's a beautiful house. It's a lovely beautiful. area. And we've never I've always lived out in wooded areas. I've lived on top of mountains by myself. I've lived all over the place, but never in town. I've never lived in the suburbs either. Um, and I just can't do it anymore. I don't live in the suburbs now. I live in the country, but there's no trees around the house or anything else, or even really, I don't live in a treed area at all. But I just can't do it and not there anymore. Yeah, it was so beautiful. I remember the first time when I arrived there, I'm like, wow. I mean, I was I was trying to make a deal with the Sasquatch there. I said, hey, you know, you guys can own the night. Just let me stay here during the day. Because it was so I never wanted to leave, you know, but uh, they didn't. I don't yeah. think they agreed with it. I don't think they agreed with that. So, uh, you know, I just I, I was like David. I did my my thing and I left. <laughs> but I plan going back. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, this yeah. has been such a fascinating story. 
in a fascinating you know journey, and it's still ongoing because you still have the property. I still believe there's stuff going on there. I know uh, I'm eager to get back out there and do some recording and just some wandering around. I know David is as well. When when all's said and done, Donna, you know, and I don't know if the herb will come to that, but having said that, you know, what what do you want to see come out of your experience? What would you like to see? What, what what's the outcome here? You know, I'd like to. You know, for me personally, I enjoy, um, and maybe enjoy is a stretch of a word, actually. You know, I know there's got to be other people that are experiencing the same things as I have, or similar experiences, or maybe they're having something around their house um, that seems strange and stuff. I just want to. Um, I want people to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, obviously, I, I it was happening at such a, a rate for me personally, and after what I saw, I, I couldn't be comfortable at that house anymore. Obviously, also after being there for three years, you know, they didn't they didn't attack me, they didn't um, carry me off, but you're just still on edge. And so for me personally, I think um, just being able to let others know this is what happened to me. If this is happening to you, you know, you're not alone. I mean, you're not crazy. You you know, things are happening. Um, there is a way to to get a handle on it. Um, and by recording for me personally, and by learning more and more and more, I became more comfortable. Not totally comfortable, obviously, but more comfortable. And it's taken two years to get to the point I am now, where I can actually talk about it and not get upset or get the you know um, even you know six seven months ago I would think about it and I would still then wake up and have some nightmares and stuff. And that's not it's taken this long just to get to that point. And that's you know, even now, I still, when I go up there, I get a little jittery, but it's not to the point where I'm I'm actually sick to my stomach anymore. But it, the strange thing is, is I and I actually haven't gone hiking at night except for one time when a bunch of the guys from the OP came and they took Greg and I, you know, back up on the ridge. And I was, I thought I was okay because I tended to handle things really well at that moment. But afterwards, I, I wasn't. So I, I still want to be able to come to a point in my life personally where I can go ahead and go walking in the woods again without that, that panicking feeling. And to me, that still has to come. Yeah, and you know what's really funny that you say that? You already know you have a cougar in the area, you have a bear in the area. And just, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 I know, I know, and that's exactly my point. Uh, that's very interesting to me and should be to the audience, especially for those of you who are aware of what a cougar can do or a bear can do and whatnot. So, David, uh I've actually, I've actually been tracked yeah. by Sorry. No, I've actually no, been tracked ahead. by a cougar up on, on Mount Schweister. You know, my dog and I were hiking, and, and we had to backtrack a part, portion. It was in the snow and backtrack a portion. And when I was coming back, I noticed the cougar track had followed our, followed us. And I was more calm with that because you know what to do. You know how to handle it. I do. Mm-hmm. And and um, what to look for and how to be careful. The other, there's just nothing. There's no manual out there for the other. <laughs> That's ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth, David? What would you like to see come out of this? Uh, you spent a lot of time and effort. I mean, you don't live exactly next door to Donna's property. It's it's a trek, and you spent a lot of time and you you shared your knowledge on on how to. I mean, you, you spent a ridiculous amount of time. Whatnot? What would you like to see come from this? And what direction do you see uh, the, the research going in, in on this property? Well, uh, we we have another opportunity, another little window here uh, of time uh, that I would like to to uh, to do some more recording again and uh, see if, if things have changed 
or or not. But I, I do believe that um, the the whole thing for me was empathy for Donna and Greg, um, and understanding that what was going on uh, was more than just Sasquatchery, if I can say that. You know, it was uh, trying trying to, to calm everything, keep it on an even keel, um, and try to find you know things that are. Are, are, are true and not, uh, you know, embellish or not make it um, all about Sasquatch. It was ab- about living in this house while things were happening and trying to keep a calm effect. So where would I like to see it go from here? I would really hope that people um, get a chance to, to hear uh the, the recordings that we have, because we've alluded that we've got way more, and 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 there is, and there's a lot more to the story uh, than w- we've done three episodes, and we've just really kind of scratched the surface. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that the whole story can get out, and like Donna said, in hopes that it may help somebody, um, and maybe it will help people understand that don't mm-hmm. know what's going on in the world of Sasquatch, that these things can happen. And, you know, if it does, that there are people that can help. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, this story gets um, some traction for other people. Right. And I'll tell you, it, it has for me quite a bit. And, uh, you know, David and Donna both have been there for me with my um, very unexpected and very unusual um, audio that I have been recording. And, um, you know, Donna knows exactly how I feel when I I get clips back and I'm listening to this stuff because I hear it with my ears and in real time. But once you hear it looped and you hear, you know, some of it with some of the background noise reduced, it just it's mind blowing because you're thinking these things or whatever this is making these noises are not too damn far from my house. And I mean I can't even imagine what it'd be like knowing they're on your property <laughs> because they are not <laughs> technically on my property. That I know of, you know, I'll say that right now, but the things that I'm recording right now they're they're at a distance and I, I, I kinda like to keep it that way. But yeah, I can't. Yeah, I just can't imagine. And and I appreciate you, Donna and David, for doing what you do and for coming onto the show. No problem. I really appreciate Donna, and, and thank you so much. I, I know it took you uh, a lot of time to come to this point. Uh, I know that you know you weren't looking for attention. You weren't looking for anything. Thank you so much for joining us here. Yeah, thank you, thank Donna, you and, and thank you, David. Great show. Thanks, everybody. Thank you guys for having me on there. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for giving the platform for me to get that story out. So I appreciate that very much. And, Julie, I I love being there for you. It's nice to be able to help somebody. Usually I'm in the other shoe. So thank you for letting me do that for you. Oh, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. And I will close with saying that today's myth could be your tomorrow's reality.
Radio.